Hometown, created by Aubrey and Ashlyn Seibert. Welcome back to Hometown. I'm so glad you're here. In today's interview, I spoke to Sarah, a professor at the local community college. I will warn you, there are parts of her story that are really sad, but I think that ignoring those parts of her story is the opposite of what we're trying to do here. Ignoring reality could destroy the sense of community that I'm searching for through this project. So I would encourage you, if you can, to just sit back and listen to Sarah's story. It may not be the same hopeful tone as we usually take here, but I think you still will enjoy it. And maybe you can make yourself a nice cup of tea, as she did for me when I interviewed her. Thank you so much for having me over, and for agreeing to the interview and for this wonderful tea. Of course, it's really no problem. It's Saturday, I'm not busy at all. And I don't exactly get a thrill from being outside when it's cold like this. I am a bit worried my cat might come in and disrupt the recording. Is that going to be a problem? It should be fine. Most of the recordings aren't exactly done in a clean environment as it is. All right. Now, is there anything in particular you're wanting to talk about? Not really. I like to just leave it up to the person speaking. Feel free to tell your story, especially in relation to the town. Um, if you want to start by just introducing yourself a bit, that's what most of my guests do. Remember, we keep the town's name anonymous, so feel free to speak openly. Well, my name is Sarah. I'm a professor at a college near here. I grew up in this town, but after graduation, I left for college. I was gone for a long time. I got my PhD, and then I became a professor at a large college up north, near Big City. Oh, should I be calling you doctor? <laughs> Only if you want to take one of my classes. Well, sometimes I make people who are annoying me call me doctor as well. <laughs> As I said, I grew up here, and as you can see, I ended up back here after a while. I didn't move away because I didn't like it here. I always had good memories of home. Living far away. It was just sort of the way things turned out. But my childhood was filled with memories of sunny days at the park and friends at school. I have so many good memories here. I remember my mother taking me to her usual errand runs and my favorite shops, which would have these little bowls of lollipops or hard candies. I remember the ladies in church who would smile at me when I walked in with my Easter dresses. I remember falling in love for the first time with a boy at my school and the ache that followed me when he didn't love me back. The first pains of love that won't be. And I remember graduating from the high school here and saying goodbye to my parents as I moved far away to school. But even then, there were summers that I would come back and live here again, and there were jobs I worked during those summers. The jobs you want to forget, like working at a fast food place, and the jobs that shaped you in a way, like working in the library. <laughs> here I go babbling on. You certainly have a way with words. You must be quite the professor. What do you teach? <laughs> I certainly would like to think so, but I'm not sure if my students would quite agree. And I teach English. Why do you say that? Are you a super strict professor? I wouldn't say that, but I think I am known for grading pretty hard. But they get better by the end of the year, so I believe it's justified. Besides, I'd never let a student fail if they were trying their best. 
and I still give out a hundreds. You know, some teachers don't believe in giving a hundreds on essays because there's always something to improve. But I think an essay can deserve that high of a grade. Of course, sorry, I'm getting off track here. I tend to have very strong opinions about the way I teach my class. But I suppose that's how most professors are. Oh, but that's all right. You can talk about anything here. I've always loved being a professor. I love teaching, of course, but there are other things I love too. Spending every day in a place that encourages learning and deep study of people's specific passions. I love the endless notebooks and books I'm always sifting through in my office. I love that I have constant access to the extensive resources at my school. And I even like writing papers most of the time. It's an amazing gift to be able to read the thoughts and ideas of bright young minds. And to see the change in the way they write over the course of a semester. That feeling that I help them accomplish something, help them to better themselves. My students are my greatest successes. I must admit, however, that I miss my position at my previous university greatly. Well, why did you leave? I ran away, I suppose. What happened? There was... a man. It wasn't really his fault. It was mine. Do you want to talk about it? I met him on the walk to the university I used to work at from my apartment. It was about seven years ago. I still remember the day I met him like it was yesterday. It was in early December. It was cold outside. The tiniest snowflakes falling softly from the sky. I was wrapped up in my coat and scarf, holding a thermos of tea in gloved hands. I turned the same corner I had turned for hundreds of mornings before, and then suddenly there he was, asking me for directions. <laughs> I could barely focus on what he was asking me. I'd never believed in love at first sight, but the moment I saw him, there was something about him. I immediately knew that now there would always be this point in my life, that one day, that one moment that changed everything. The way that one event changed the way we counted time. The story of my life would be counted in the same way we count our years. Before him. And in the year of him. My life as I knew it was over in one second. One look. In one glance of his dark eyes. His lashes covered in tiny snowflakes. But, of course. I'm good with papers and books, but not so gifted in the art of small talk or flirting. And So, rather than smoothly introducing myself, I just kind of blurted out my name. I don't even think I said, I'm Sarah. I think I actually yelled, Sarah, at him. <laughs> oh, I was mortified. But he simply laughed. 
and told me his name. And then he asked me for directions, except he asked me for directions to the place that I worked. It turned out he was a new professor at the same university I worked at. And I knew that God or fate or whatever force controls the universe, even just math or probability, had given me this one priceless gift. And so we walked together. And he smiled at my nervous chatter. And he filled my awkward silences with the most beautiful words and stories I had ever heard. And then we got to the campus and he laughed and he told me he didn't play close enough attention to the way and that I'd have to show him again that afternoon. And we agreed to meet at a certain time. All of my classes that day passed in a blur. After that, we started walking together back and forth every single day. I felt myself falling deeply in love with him. I felt like slowly sinking into a thick syrup, drowning and yet full of life. I felt like sickness, like disease that kept me from doing anything but think of him. And I understood the word lovesick for the first time. Like a sweet aching, a pain in my chest that brought a smile to my lips. Every moment outside of those walks was agony. My poor students had no idea why their usually very consistent teacher wouldn't focus on a thing, and I, I couldn't sleep. And even eating or drinking tea didn't satisfy me, only being around him. I was obsessed. And that was how the winter passed. I never told him I loved him, nor did he ever say anything to me of the sort. But I was completely certain it was mutual. There was a bond between us, a connection too strong to be anything but the truest and purest love shared between two people who are meant to be. How could my heart feel so intensely if his didn't? The universe brought us together. It was faded, written in the stars, just as in every great story ever told. By mid-January, I was teaching with more passion for the literature than ever before. I felt the burning of love that the women from those timeless stories felt. I read through newly opened eyes. The skepticism inside me fell away and made room for the childlike sense of wonder that I had never felt before. And then February came. On Valentine's Day, I felt sure that some romantic gesture would come from him. He would confess his love to me, or bring me flowers. Anything would have been enough. Valentine's Day must be the day, I thought, but nothing happened. Instead, he texted me, telling me he couldn't walk with me that day. I don't remember what the reason he gave. I was devastated. What could I have done? I must have wronged him in some way without knowing. Perhaps I had come on too strong, or maybe I hadn't done enough. 
My mind was filled with doubt after doubt, going over every moment with him since the day we met, looking for where I had gone wrong. And yet, every morning and every afternoon following, there he was, with a smile, carrying on the conversation as we walked, as normal. Finally, after a week of this absolute mental torture, I marched into his office, ready to confess my love for him and beg for him to love me back. I burst into his office, and he smiled when he saw me. That beautiful, wonderful smile that I had fallen in love with all of those weeks before. He kindly told his student to come back later and asked me what was the matter. And that's when I saw it. You see, every time I had seen him up until that moment, that terrible, fateful moment, it had been outside in the dead of winter for a long walk to and from the university. And so every time I had seen him, he had been wearing a coat and a scarf and a hat and gloves. But there in his office, he stood before me, simply in his glasses and sweater and slacks, and I saw his wedding ring. I was speechless. My mind went completely blank. The river of words and emotions that had been running through my head for as long as I can remember was suddenly gone dried up. I looked at his face, at his perfect smile, and then the tidal wave crashed. And then my heart broke. I had fallen in love with a married man. I ran away to cry in peace. I racked my brain for any memory of him mentioning his wife. I came up empty. I really truly had no idea, although looking back long after, I do not think he purposefully deceived me. I took the next week off. It hurt more than anything I had ever felt. Sleep is torture. I dreamt of that moment a thousand times, yet being awake felt even worse. He was married. I kept having these wild thoughts. Maybe he still loved me. Maybe it was an unhappy marriage. Maybe he hadn't ever mentioned his wife on purpose. And then, the agonizing moral debate that developed within me. Could I be with a man who was married? I had been so sure that all of the forces in the universe wanted us to be together. I didn't know how to reconcile my certainty in what I had felt between us to the reality that had just presented itself. Everything I thought I knew had changed. And then at the end of the eighth day, I broke down. The tears I had been crying near constantly ran out, and I came to a resolution. 
I resolved to end all of the fantasies of being with him. I wouldn't cut him off, for he had done nothing wrong, but I would cut myself off of him. Emotionally, it was over. I realized that even if he had loved me back, even if the slightest glimmer in a single second where he looked at me and felt a single spark of what I felt for him, if he were to leave his wife for me or stay with her and pursue me, then he wouldn't be the man I could be with. He wouldn't be the man that I loved. I had misread the stars. Meeting him wasn't the start of the greatest love of my life, but rather the greatest friendship. And sure, it would take a while for my heart to stop breaking over and over every time I saw him. It would take time to fall out of love with him. But I would get there, and so I went back, and I walked with him again, blaming my week of absence on the flu. But that isn't what happened. Around April, I realized my heart would always love him and no one else. He took up all of the space in my heart in a way I could never have imagined. Even my love for my subject, my life's work, and my passion paled in comparison to the bright burning of the sun that he was in my heart. And I knew that sun would burn for the rest of my life. My heart was breaking twice a day, and I could feel it draining me. I could feel myself becoming a shell of who I was. And so at the end of April, I went to the HR department and I told them I wouldn't be coming back for the following semester to teach. I said it was for family reasons, but really it was because I couldn't bear to be friends with him and yet to be anything more was impossible. But I knew I couldn't go on like that. And so I fled. I came home. I never told a soul what happened, why I still had no ring on my finger after all these years, why I never try to go on dates, why I don't talk about having a family one day, because all of those things were stolen from me. Stolen by a little gold band that made a world of difference. And that's why I will live and teach here for the rest of my life forever remembering what could have been and dreaming of the life I could have led. I would like to say to Sarah before I go that you are an amazingly strong woman to hold all of that in and I cannot imagine anyone acting that morally upright and brave in the face of your circumstances. I hope that you find happiness someday in whatever form that may take. And I hope that you do too, listeners. I'll be back next week. Until then, don't be afraid to tell your story.
Hometown is created by Aubrey and Ashlyn Seibert. Today's episode featured the voices of Aubrey Seibert as Kiera and Jackie Jorgensen as Sarah. Original music was composed by Jonathan Sandy. Find more of his work on Spotify under Jonathan Sandy. Graphic design by Hannah Perkins. Special thanks this week goes to Crystal Summers for her writing advice. If you like our show and want to hear more as well as get some rad rewards, be sure to support us on Patreon, which helps us improve and make more of the show. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash cyberandcyber. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-e-i-b-e-r-t and s-e-i-b-e-r-t. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at hometowncast and find transcripts and merch on our website at hometowncast.wordpress.com. You can also join our Discord community. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you for our next episode, Brad, on June 6th. And until then, don't be afraid to tell your story.